Hello, San Diego First Church family. This is Pastor D. Kelly, and I am so glad to be with you today to um, follow up on Sunday's message in what is called our Connecting Points podcast. Joining me today is Lexi Mercado, who is our um, youth pastor here at the church, and it is such a joy to have you here. Thanks for having me. You bet. She's going to dialogue a bit with us, um, both uh, for this particular podcast and then in a couple days for our First Impressions podcast to launch the new week. Um, She'll be joining us as well. Um, The connecting point for us for the two lectionary readings this week are from Numbers chapter 11 verses 24 through 30 is what the sermon was based on this last Sunday. And the connecting point to the lectionary reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I'd like to read for us this passage. It's a little lengthy with 20 verses, um, but it will help set the stage for our conversation as we try and make connecting points between the numbers reading and uh, this Acts passage in chapter 2. Both of these passages correspond to Pentecost Sunday, which was this past Sunday, and that might be a topic of what we discuss as we look at these two passages. Beginning with Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his or her own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in their own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Well, we have this powerful passage of the coming of the Holy Spirit, and it takes place 50 days after Easter. This is 50 days after the Passover, and 50 days after Passover in the Jewish tradition is the Festival of Weeks and the sacred holiday of Shabbat, and it is about the giving of the law. 50 days after leaving slavery in Egypt, um, the people await the giving of the law. It's given to Moses on the mountaintop with God. And on that date, there is a celebration to this day of the giving of the law. And there will, in the synagogue, be readings of the law um, all of the time on this particular date. So it makes it a pretty important festival. Well, in Acts we have what's come to be known for us in the Christian faith tradition, the celebration of Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit. And one of the powerful connecting points for me, Lexi, between these two passages is that in Numbers, the Spirit of God descends on Moses as he's gathered the elders around the tent And a portion of the spirit that is poured out on Moses is given to each one of these 70 elders. And they break out into praise and prophetic language utterances. And it is a recognition that the spirit is not reserved just for Moses, but God's spirit is for all of those that are there. And what makes it even more interesting is in the Numbers passage, two people who weren't there started prophesying and saying things, Eldad and Medad. And there's critique that, is this right? Should this be happening? And Moses's comment was, I wish that everyone had the Spirit of God poured out on them. Well, here we come to Acts, and it seems like God is filling the place with people who are filled with God's Spirit, and, and their faith is kind of exploding within them metaphorically, obviously, but the the Spirit is so powerful that they can't help but share the good news so that all of these um, foreign people who are there for the festival from all of these different countries speaking different languages get to hear the good news in their own language. To me, that's one of the powerful connecting points between these passages and the great truth that God's Spirit is for everyone. Connections that you see or thoughts that you have when you hear this passage read? Yeah, I really like the piece that you just said about God's Spirit being for everyone. I think of context for my own story of growing up in the church and learning different attributes of who God is. And I think even from a young kid, some of my favorites of characteristics of God is that it is for everyone. This Mm. idea that we are invited into the story and particularly the language piece of people being able to understand and learn of the spirit or engage in a spirit in their own native language, I think is really cool. Um, Particularly, I think of 
people like my grandparents were coming into a faith tradition in their first language, which is in English, to mm. have the opportunity to have that connection. And now, primarily English is our household language, but to have that connecting piece of sometimes scripture feels a little different in your home language or the songs that we sing or the things that we do as we interact with God feels a little bit more powerful because it's that, oh, this is me to my roots or me to who I grew up to be, um, I think is really cool in the way that we get to engage with scripture, but also engage with people who are different than us of learning phrases and learning different um, ways that we translate how we interact with what the spirit can do for us and through us. I think that's one of the reasons I love the work of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Mm -hmm. And we have a few in our congregation who have actually had assignments with Wycliffe and have um, given a portion of their life to translating scripture from its original context into the language of people who may be remote or have Mm -hmm. languages that aren't very common. And I think you're absolutely right. There is something powerful about hearing it in the language you grew up in that makes you feel like, oh, this is for me, Mm -hmm. really for me. Yeah. And I love that what takes years for and maybe sometimes a lifetime for somebody to translate here on Mm -hmm. this day in Acts it's translated on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody <laughs> yeah. is hearing it in their own language. Yeah. What an amazing miracle um, to have take place. Um, I, I'm trying to imagine if we were to start naming different groups that would come together and have a difficult time communicating, understanding one another. Um, the, the long list that's here in Acts chapter 2 is fascinating. I have heard um, some assert that this is the response to the dispersion of people in the Old Testament at the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. So there was a dispersion of languages that made it almost impossible for people to communicate and to cooperate in some ways. And here we have the work of the Holy Spirit that reunites people um and that somehow it's the good news it's god's grace it's god's spirit that enables us to move back into this cooperative um relationship have you heard that as well as a way to look at this yeah i have in the sense of how we um like language and the disbursement i think is wild because i also think of um like mission trips and my experience in in my time at Point Loma, I went to the Congo. And one of my first experiences was, obviously, we're not going to learn a new language. And in the area that we went, it was primarily French and Swahili. Hmm. And so being there and learning, like having to pick up nonverbal cues and the context of the scripture with like the Tower of Babel and all of that, I would imagine it would be somewhat similar of kind of trying to pick and find language and how we cling to the people who are familiar in the way that we speak but also the challenge of like I don't know if it was this is my friend here and now we automatically speak different languages or what that imagination that's where my imagination took me for that moment of how confusing it might have been but also 
beautiful in the sense that now we have the ability to go and spread conversation yeah. in other places. I don't know yeah. if that fully answered your question. No, but. it does. I find it interesting that this seems like such an amazing thing. And yet, even in the midst of that, there are skeptics who are going, what? They just are acting drunk? <laughs> it, I, I feel like you always have to maybe prepare yourself that no matter how wonderful you think your story is, mm-hmm. that often there's just somebody who Who's throws... Who's not going to understand it. Yeah, yeah. And minimizes it or tries to explain it away. And sometimes you just have to shrug your... At least I do. Shrug your shoulders and go, okay, I, you don't get it. It's it's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> or I think of, too, the moments of when people share all of the like bad things that happen in their life or they just can't seem to catch a break. And I find myself being like, how does all this happen to one person? And I tend to like get them to the side where I'm like, there's no way all of this could happen to you. But then needing to take a step back and realizing that sometimes when you can't catch a break, you can't catch a break. And I wonder if that's a lot like that moment. Yeah. Skeptics on both sides of the equation. I don't feel like I can leave this connection piece without addressing this. And particularly, I'm grateful you're here. I don't want to put you on the spot. But um, we have um, scripture that, to a great extent, has such a strong um, patriarchal approach to worldview. Mm-hmm. certainly in the Old Testament. Here we have the beginning of the Christian church. And the proclamation is actually from an Old Testament passage, which I love that. But the proclamation in um, Peter's message that he pulls from Joel is that the Spirit is going to be poured out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We happen to be part of a faith tradition where we affirm the ordination of women, women in leadership. Um, I, it hurts me that we even have to bring that up as an issue, but it is because <laughs> mm-hmm. in some Christian faith traditions, whether it be traditions that have kind of a what's sometimes referred to as a complementarian approach, where different responsibilities Mm -hmm. of equal nature is the way it's presented. But when I see this, I'm reminded of Paul's statement about now there is no male nor female, Jew nor Greek, um, Scythian or slave nor free, barbarian. Mm -hmm. It it just breaks down all of those barriers. Um, So for me, this feels very important. You have pushed through some of those barriers in your journey. Um, do you retreat to some of these passages as being very important or you don't even think about those kinds of things? I think some days I think about it and others I don't. I grew up in the Nazarene church and so I knew that women were affirmed in ministry pretty young, but I had never really actually seen it in practice. Like my youth pastor was a male, my senior pastor was a male. And going to camps and stuff, there are a lot seem to not be as many mm-hmm. like female pastors or people in those areas. But growing up in a Latino household, it's a 
matriarchal society for us or like construct of how things operate like grandmas have high importance and Mm -hmm. things like that so I've been surrounded by a lot of strong women my whole life Um, and so what probably wasn't until getting to college where I saw it in like a more like professional non-family setting I guess Um, and then coming to Point Loma and having someone like Mary Paul be a chaplain or oversee chaplain ministries and to be an active rotation of preaching. And so it probably wasn't until college when I really started to let that sink in. Um, But definitely these scriptures are helpful in that. What I said earlier is that everyone's invited into that and that I can't get dismissed from that too, is that I am also included in that spirit being poured over people whether that be in the context of church or even outside of the walls of the church that I get to carry the voice of who God is and what God is capable of just by being me. I love that. And just by being you has been such a wonderful influence on my life journey. I'm so grateful for um, the way you speak into the life of our church, but also speak into my life in terms of your perspective and thoughts and reflections and teaching. Um, This is an interesting place to kind of leave the crowd to reflect a little bit because we're going to continue with the psalm passage when we come to this in First Impressions uh, in that podcast with um, some of what was said this past Sunday that God can choose to speak through whatever or whomever God chooses to speak through. Yeah. And we're going to jump into the psalms um, in that particular podcast Uh, But keeping our hearts and our ears open that God does what God chooses. (laughs) Thanks be to God that all of those barriers get broken down and we ought to be the champion of those kinds of things in our journey of faith um, because all are invited to the table. And um, I'm grateful for that. Lexi, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. And great to be with you, church family. We'll talk again soon.